ان الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله ارسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وان كل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد ان اقول اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وفعلت فعلتك التي فعلت وانت من الكافرين قال فعلتها اذا وانا من الضالين ففررت منكم لما خفتكم فوهب لي ربي حكما وجعلني من المرسلين وتلك نعمه تمنها علي ان عبدت بني اسرائيل رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا اله الا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر رب العالمين uh, in order to have a an organized and inshallah beneficial conversation in this khutbah that revolves around a couple of ayat that belong to Surah Al-Shu'ara. Once again, we're still continuing the conversation that was um, introduced between Allah and, or between Fir'aun and Musa. Um, what I'd like to do is start with two terms that are used very interchangeably. They basically mean the same thing in normal English. And those two words are guilt and shame. So those words, you know, people use them all the time. and. We use them as if they both basically mean the same thing. I feel ashamed, I feel guilty, sounds like the same thing. But in the world of psychology, uh, in fact, they are two very different things and they refer to very different emotions uh, and two very different experiences that a person has. And it's remarkable, I, I wanted to start there because the Quran actually addresses both of them. And it's good to understand the difference between them first and then to understand how Allah addresses that. Uh, it's also important to note that, you know, in the last couple of uh, khutub, uh, the, the sermons, I've talked about essentially negative emotions and abuse and the kinds of things that a, a person is made to feel at the hands of another by the words of another. And we're looking at Fir'aun's language with Musa and how he wants him to feel ungrateful, how he wants him to be put down, etc. But that does that's not to say that the Qur'an only addresses what you can consider negative psychology. It's not only that Allah is exposing us to the bad that someone does and how they can make you feel bad. It's not enough to diagnose the disease and say, great, that's the disease. But there also has to be a healing, a solution. After all, Quran it calls itself shifa'ul lima fi sudur, a healing for what lies inside of the chest. So Allah will not only identify for us by way of this story, what are some of the things that you should look out for that you may be doing, my, I, I may be doing myself, or somebody may be doing them to me that I should be aware of. But on the other hand also, what is a positive way to respond? And how to, how to overcome that negative emotion? That's also going to be talked about. So hopefully time permitting, we'll get to that positive side also. And then you'll see that throughout this uh, dialogue, there is that negative and then the response with the positive and then negative again, and then the response with the positive again. And that's the beauty of, you know, uh, of the Quran, especially when it comes to its, its uh, description of dialogue. So the difference between guilt and shame, Let's, what we're going to try to keep it super simple so you guys can remember these things easily. Um, guilt is when you recognize that you did something wrong. 
if I, if I recognize and accept that I've done something wrong, I hurt someone's feelings, I, I said something I shouldn't have said, I did something I shouldn't have done, right? And I recognize that it was my own fault. And as a result of recognizing that, I feel anxiety or I feel sadness or I feel remorse. I feel like I wish I didn't do that, right? And I question myself. And I feel, I, I literally feel bad about what I did. All of that is guilt. In fact, guilt even includes that I have empathy. I feel for the person I caused hurt to. I did this and this to them. I said this and this to them. I treated them in this way. And now I feel bad for them, for the pain that they're going through. That is all guilt. And actually, if guilt is coming from yourself, it's a good thing. You're supposed to feel guilt. It's a healthy thing. If, you've, if I've done something wrong, my ability to recognize it and feel bad about it is what gives me a human conscience. In fact, it's a gift from Allah. Allah describes it as a powerful gift that he even uses as evidence for our humanity. He says, I swear by the self, the inner self, that keeps on blaming itself. In other words, the one who recognizes when it does something wrong and feels feels bad about it, feels guilty about it. I won't use the word ashamed, even though in English we use them interchangeably, because I want you to see that definition is separate, right? So you feel guilty about something you've done or said wrong. That's guilt. And in, in right measure and in, in the right circumstances, guilt is a good thing, even a necessary thing. So that's on the one side. But what's shame? Shame is not that you think you've done something bad, right? So you're, you're not a bad person, but you did something bad and you feel bad about that. Shame is you are a bad person. You accept yourself as worthless. You accept yourself as scum, or I'm disgusting anyway, or I'm perverted anyway, or I'm greedy anyway, or I'm selfish anyway, and you take these labels. So you're not labeling the behavior. You're not labeling, if you, if you feel bad about an act, then you have guilt. But if you feel bad about your old self and how people see you, or even how you see yourself, then you've internalized shame. Right? So shame is a lot bigger than guilt. Guilt is limited to an action. But shame is actually you redefining yourself a certain way. Right? And when a person, it, this is something that wouldn't be obvious. It's not, it's not so you know, easy to understand for folks. And people that, that you know, dive deep into the study of psychology or people that are in the field of clinical psychology and, you know, uh, and, and you know, scholarship in these areas, they'll even talk about how if a person lives with shame, like they just accept these bad definitions for themselves, so they don't long, then they lose guilt. That's the crazy thing. That you start feeling so sorry for yourself or I start feeling so sorry or hating myself so much that I'm so absorbed, absorbed about my shame and my negative feelings about myself all the time that now I'm not even aware of the hurt I'm causing somebody else. And in fact, when you see somebody else, you start, I, I look at somebody else who doesn't have that kind of shame, that has a smile on their face, that is, that is breathing normal air. And I'm like, man, I wish I had a life like those people. Look at them. They don't have hatred for themselves. They don't have to live with shame. I do. I wish I could live like they did. And you develop this envy for others because you have this spite for yourself. And that can grow to the point where you see somebody else that's happy and it makes you upset. Why are they like that? You know, they, they don't deserve to be like that. If I, you know, if I'm feeling this way 
And a person like that can actually become extremely hurtful without any recognition that they're being hurtful. So shame starts with you feeling bad for yourself and it eventually turns into you being just a really terrible person to be around. It turns into something else. Now, this is your own feelings, but this conversation in the Quran is actually about a human being making another human being feel guilty or if they go far enough to make them feel ashamed. Now, Fir'aun was just challenged or just challenged Musa salam back. Musa salam challenged the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh challenged him back. He said, We talked about that already. Didn't we raise you here since you were a baby? How could you talk to me this way? Didn't you spend many years of your life living here? But he didn't stop there. He said, and you did that act of yours that you did. You did that act of yours that you did. Now, what is it that Musa salam did? Musa salam tried to intervene when a police officer was beating down on an Israelite civilian, a slave. He was beating him down in the middle of the street and he intervened. And when he tried to break up the fight, he threw a punch at the cop and one punch killed the officer. So he actually is charged now with murder. And even if it's accidental, it's involuntary manslaughter. But he did throw a punch. And he was wanted by the cops. He was wanted by the authorities. And he escaped. So he's an escaped convict who is now labeled in that society as a murderer. You understand? Now, that's, think about that. He, it's one act. He did one act. And it's a horrifying act. If you, if you think of a list of bad things you could do, I think murder would be pretty up there. Quran even says if you kill a soul, you kill a person, it's as if you kill all of humanity. So it's not a small thing in the Quran. And the great messenger Musa السلام, in his youth has now accidentally or, you know, we, we, we look at it as accidentally because he didn't intend to kill anyone. But nonetheless, the, 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 the attack came from his hand, the blow came from his hand. And a life has been lost. And he has escaped and he's you know, in the sense, it looks like he never faced the consequences of what he did. And now he comes back and when he comes back as Allah's messenger and he comes to confront uh, uh, Fir'aun, it's easy to say, well, wait, you should be talking about what somebody else is doing wrong? How about you? What did you do? Excuse me? Is there no one else that should speak about the moral upper ground? How do we higher ground? Why do we have to listen to a murderer? You understand? So he's being, he's putting himself in a very vulnerable position. It's very risky for him to tell anyone what they're doing right and wrong when he himself has this massive skeleton in his closet. You understand? And he's still, Allah put in him the courage to go and confront this fear and actually challenge the Pharaoh for the wrong that he's doing. And he told him, you've enslaved an entire nation of Israelites. You can't be doing, and you're not a God. You're not God. So what we learn from here first and foremost is just because you've made a mistake in the past, that is not a license for you to be silenced. If there is some truth you have to say, you still have to say it. Even if others will come along and say, who are you to speak truth? Look at what mistakes you made in your past. You have no right to open your mouth. And that's exactly what the Pharaoh now does. Fir'aun now turns to Musa and says, you did that thing that you did. Now, in fact, he did do it. And he is literally standing in court because the Pharaoh is the judge. He is in fact the judge and he is the authority in the land. So he has the right to say to Musa, you've committed a crime, right? 
In other words, this is an important lesson too, telling someone they did something wrong. If I did something wrong, if I sped, or if I drove rec recklessly and I didn't get caught, and I'm about to leave my house again and my dad says, don't drive, you know you drove recklessly yesterday, don't drive like that again. I can't turn him and say, you can't guilt me, dad. That's in the past. No, I, that's correct. I never took responsibility for my actions. I should be reminded that I've done something wrong and it can do harm to others. There's a context in which someone can actually tell you, you've done something wrong, don't do that again. There's a, there's a time and place for it. That's what we do with our children. That's what we do with spouses with each other. Best friends do that to each other. Man, that was messed up, bro. You shouldn't have done that. That's a normal part of, and a genuine part of human exchange that we have in life. But the Pharaoh is not doing that. This is important. Pharaoh is not actually just saying, oh, by the way, you committed a crime. He is saying, how dare you challenge any wrong that I'm doing while you had committed a crime? In other words, the best defense, they call this, the best defense is offense. Instead of me actually acknowledging what I'm doing wrong, the best thing I can do is turn the tables and make the subject you instead of myself. And when I do that, you're going to start feeling, I'm supposed to be the one that feels guilty? No, no, no. I know how to turn this over real quick, and you'll be the one feeling guilty. And this is the mastery of the Pharaoh. The mastery of the Pharaoh is... That you come and, and people who, who have this, we're not, and by the way, if you know somebody in your life that does this, don't go and call them Pharaoh. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a reason this example is being given. There are people that are masters at this. You need to go and confront them about something they've done or said wrong. And some people hate confrontation. They just don't like it. So it takes a lot for them to even open their mouth and say, maybe you shouldn't have said that or you shouldn't have done that, right? And, it, and you do it. And you, even if you do it in the most loving, respectful way, that person can in a split second turn around and make you feel so guilty for something you may have done 10 years ago or five months ago or whenever ago and bring it up and say, oh, oh, yeah? Oh, you, you want to you wanna give me advice? No, tell me more, Sheikh. Tell me more, Sheikha. No, please, you're the Sahabi around here, right? So why don't you just tell me? Because uh, you haven't done anything in like the last. <laughs> really? Yeah, please give us more of your morality. Please descend upon us your spiritual enlightenment because we really need it from you because everybody else died. What is that doing? It's turning the tables and now the person who actually had something legitimate to say starts feeling guilty. I shouldn't say anything. Now they're, what they're trying to do from that is they're trying to take the guilt, which is about one action, but turn it into shame. Remember the difference I said between guilt and shame? Guilt is I feel bad about what I did. But if someone's trying to take guilt about what you did and turn it into a label on you as a person, what you did now defines you. Your mistake, you're, you're just a walking example of your mistake from the past. That's all you are. There's a label on you and you must live with that label. Imagine if life actually worked that way. If you and I were defined, our entire being, our self-worth, our, our perception by people, others, and even the way we see ourselves is entirely defined by the worst things you've ever done. The lowest parts of your life, the lowest point in your life, where you look back and say, I can't believe I messed up that bad. You can even look back and say, how could I have you know, scooped that low? How could I have had that low? You feel horrible about it, but you know what? No, what shame does is that low, that's the real you. All the other good things you do, that's all fake. 
all the remorse you feel, nah, you're not really guilty. This is who you really are. And this is what's 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 slammed on someone. And look at how Firaun does this ingeniously. He didn't stop with He added And you are from those who are in, in denial. Meaning he's no longer in that first part, he was questioning an act, which is supposed to instill guilt. But in the second part of that ayah, he's no longer questioning an act, he's putting a label on Musa. You are from the kafirin. You are from those who deny. You're the kind of person who does wrong and denies they ever did anything wrong. This is the Fir'aun's way of saying to Musa that he's narcissistic. That he's so full of himself, himself, he can't even see anything that he himself does wrong. You see the irony of that? You see the irony of the greatest arrogant human being that ever lived, that whose example is given in the Quran, is calling Musa salam full of himself and in denial of his own wrongdoing? That's the, that, that's the power of language, right? And the point of it is to, 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 to flip the narrative, to turn it around, and for the person who's supposed to have a voice, for that voice to be crushed and silenced. This is the negative side. And this is, this is important to mention because a lot of people, this is not just about the story, a lot of people live their life in shame. They look at themselves in the mirror and they hate who they see. They see someone who... The, the worst things that have happened in their life or that people attribute to them or their worst mistakes even, even if you made such mistakes. I'm pretty sure your mistake doesn't amount to anywhere near murder. You understand? Like this is, a, this is not a small mistake. And Musa Alisan has in fact made that mistake. He has made a mistake. He even acknowledged that mistake the moment he made it. So he had guilt the moment it happened. And Allah showed us how healthy guilt is supposed to look. That's in Surah Al-Qasas. When one day we'll have a khutbah about guilt, that's the place to look. Because now a person's made a tremendous mistake. That's not who they really are. He's not a serial killer. He's not a murderer. He's not someone who doesn't have regard for human life. He lived a life of, of faith, of goodness, of generosity. And all of a sudden, he, he's made one of the worst mistakes a human being can make. Out of nowhere. So he's way up here, morally. And all of a sudden, he's way down here in a split second. That's a pretty large fall. And when a person falls like that, it's easy for them to see themselves as, man, I can never get back up. I used to be good, but now I'm this person. This is the new definition of me. You understand? When you accept that, pet, that terrible new definition, you and I are in big trouble. Because the person who accepts themselves as wrong, okay, fine, I am evil. That is who I am now. You know who that is? At the core of it, that is Iblis. That is the devil. That is shaitan. Shaitan accepts himself as evil and is refusing thereafter to think of himself as anything better. Even though Allah created him much better. Allah created him much better. And he has that himself, that hopelessness, that constant you know, self-attribution. Self and he wants that shame for you and me. He wants us to accept that for ourselves. And so Musa السلام, is now being slammed with starting point, the guilt, and then the, you know, the shame, you know, in boxing, how you have a jab and then it opens it up for a hook. So the jab was the guilt and then the hook comes in with the shame for the knockout. That's what this is. And now what is Musa going to do in response? There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot that, can, that needs to be said here by Musa because he's been railroaded. And he, a normal person, when they're, when they're shamed like that and guilted on top of that shame like that for that dubious purpose, most people like that, they buckle and they collapse. I'm sorry I said anything. I'm sorry I opened my mouth. You're right. I, I am worthless. 
you know, a person will start developing even more hatred for themselves. They can de develop a feeling of self, like worthlessness. What does Musa salam do? It's remark. His answer is so remarkable. There are two things I keep saying: guilt and shame, guilt and shame. I want that drilled in your head, right? Look at what he does. He doesn't respond to the shaming at all. Like he didn't even say it. There is no response to the labeling of Musa. No, I'm not from the kafirin. I'm not into nothing. It's like it doesn't exist. Because shaming is not something acceptable in our religion. Guilt is healthy. Guilt is actually needed in the right dosage, in the right context. But shaming isn't. There's no place for it. Allah has honored all children of Adam, the worst people, the people that have committed zina, the people that have committed murders, the people that have done all this stuff, right? What does Allah say about them? You know, shocking. Allah says, people who don't call on other gods besides Allah, people who don't kill anyone with innocent souls, people who don't commit adultery, right? And then he says, these people, they, you know, uh, these, are, these are the slaves of Allah that he loves. And then he says, and whoever does that is going to meet a grave penalty. And the punishment will be doubled for them. And they'll stay in that punishment humiliated. That's pretty shameful, isn't it? But immediately, and that's in the next life. Shame is in the next life. Immediately he turns it and says, except those who, who repented and restored their faith and acted good afterwards. So somebody who had already committed murders and adultery and all of that, they've got a huge rap sheet of shirk and killing and all of it. And now they turned around towards Allah. What does Allah say? Allah will take all of their bad, turn it into good deeds. Allah is not shaming you. Allah is not bringing up your past to shame you. Allah is saying, you come to me and I will convert your bad into good. It's not even, it's different from a judge who says, I will expunge your record. I will, I will delete the file. It's not that. I will take your crimes and turn them into good deeds. So act, the point of that, the point of me sharing that with you is there's no room for shaming in our religion. There's no room for it. There's no room for labeling a person with a characteristic that sticks on them. There's no room for that. There were people who were the worst enemies of the Prophet ﷺ. We used to call them the munafiqun, the hypocrites in Medina. And the Muslims were not allowed to call them munafiq. We were not allowed to call somebody a hypocrite because it's something inside the heart. Because when you judge somebody's heart, you're judging their entire being. This is the one thing that represents the entire being. And this is the one thing no human being can see. So I can't judge any, I can judge an action. I can say you lied. I can say you cheated, I can say you hurt someone, I can say you committed murder, I can do that. But I can't judge a human being. But we, we do that easily and we accept that easily even for ourselves. Musa stays on point. He says, I did it at the time. Yep. So when he said, you did that thing you did? He said, yep, I did it. You're right. What is guilt? To acknowledge you did something wrong. To acknowledge it. And he says, I don't, I'm not denying it. I did it. Well, and I was from those that were lost. He's not saying I was misled, I was confused by somebody else, somebody else, you know, conned me into it. No blaming anybody else. Look, and another person did con him, by the way. 
He was conned. And he even acknowledges that in the story. But now when it comes to owning up, even when you and I mess up, other people had a hand in it. That's the reality. You don't just get angry sitting by yourself on a couch eating a banana. Somebody got you to that point and you lost it. You understand? Nobody does something. Nobody just out of nowhere with no cause has an effect. There has to be a cause. But when it comes to owning my mistake, you have to let the causes go. You have to say, you can't say, I messed up, but you know, there's a, you don't know the whole story. Let me tell you the whole story. Then you'll know that my mess up wasn't actually purely because I'm evil. This one did this wrong. This one did this wrong. This one did this wrong. And it created this, you know, the storm. And in that storm, I got caught up in it. And in the moment I messed up, which may be the reality, but owning up for yourself, act, genuine, healthy guilt is actually letting go of everybody else's part. Let Allah deal with that. Let Allah, I, I know the part I messed up in. I know what I did wrong. And I did in fact do it wrong. And I was lost myself. He doesn't even say, I was misled by someone else. He says, I was lost myself. I slipped up myself. I love this part of the ayah. And this is the last thing I'll share with you today. Then I ran away from you when I feared you. We'll unpack more of this next week, inshallah. But I just want to give you this one nugget here. He now has the courage to say that that guilt was, it came with fear. And that fear was so powerful that it made me, made me run away from all of you, run away from the consequences. And then he says, I love it. He says, my master gave me firmness. He made me strong. Beautiful words in the Quran to tell us that when, when guilt makes a person weak, Allah, and, and shame rather, makes a person weak, Allah can give you strength again. You can overcome that shame. My master gave me firmness and made me from those that have been sent. Why is this important? Because there's a mutabaqa. There's a, there's a correlation. The Pharaoh said, minal kafirin, from the disbelievers. And Musa is responding, minal mursaleen, from those that have been sent. In other words, instead of accepting a label on myself that is negative and full of shame, I accept a label on myself that the best label Allah has given me, which is I've been sent as a messenger. Right? So when you, when you think of yourself, when I think of myself, someone else can see you and all they see is the worst of you. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter when you did wrong or what you did or which, whether you did it or not. They've decided to see you in a certain way and that will never change. They cannot see you any different. They've made up their mind. Your job is not to change their mind. You're not there to convince anyone you're a good person. Your job is to understand you cannot accept their definition for yourself. You can't accept their definition for yourself. You have to de accept the definition of yourself that comes from Allah Himself. Muslim, ta'ib, imperfect. Someone who makes mistakes and then comes back to Allah and asks for forgiveness. Someone who's struggling. Someone who's trying to do better. Allah has not abandoned you. You don't get to abandon yourself. I don't get to abandon myself. I don't get to develop hatred for myself. I don't have that right because I don't own myself. Allah has ownership over me. And Allah has given me an honor that I can't take away. We honored the children of Adam. So even in this most humiliating, intimidating conversation, Musa owns up to the mistake, but doesn't let the mistake define him. You see that? 
And then he shows how, how do I know the mistake doesn't define me? Because Allah himself, after my mistake, chose me. Not before my mistake, after my mistake, Allah chose me. You know, nowadays it's hard to get a job if you have a criminal record. People look at your mistake and say, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you, right? And here you have Allah choosing the highest possible job, a messenger, for someone who has a murder on their rap sheet and they're actually still wanted for murder in the greatest kingdom on earth at the time. <laughs> and Allah has chosen him. Why? Because he owns up to his mistake. And when, when a person owns up to their mistake, with, the, with genuine guilt they feel towards the wrong they did to somebody else, and they turn to Allah in repentance, and they make amends, they make things right, then to them, that per, to Allah, that person is honored. They may be shamed by people, but they're honored by Allah. And that's something we have to internalize. It's very powerful. This is, this is like, it's spiritually very empowering psychology that, that helps us combat against these waves of shame that may be rooted in some legitimate guilt, but guilt is not something you live with for your entire life. Okay, you made a mistake in your past once, and this is the last thing I'll share for today. You made a mistake in your past, okay, but you don't get to review it every week. You know? Oh, I, I messed up, oh, I messed up, oh, I messed up. you don't know what I did. <laughs> You're defining yourself. You're turning that into shame. Guilt is you did something bad, you turned to Allah, you cried your tears of remorse, you tried to make amends, move on with your life. Life goes on. If life can go on for someone who took a life and goes on to the best moments of his life, السلام, then Allah has put that in the Quran for a reason, for us to be able to move on, to be able to, to, be, to, to heal ourselves, to recognize it in ourselves, and may, may Allah Azza wa make us all better ourselves and not live with these negative emotions and shame and guilt, and also protect us from shaming others. It's not just that we don't want to experience shame, we don't want to be guilty of you know, instilling constant guilt in someone else until it turns into shame. May Allah to protect us from being the victim or the perpetrator. Barakallahu li wa lakum fi al-Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil-ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa'a wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa'a khususan ala afdalihim wa khatamin nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعد والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا